What's up, beautiful people? Welcome back to the Game or Sleep podcast, the show where we dive into current game news, pop culture, and occasionally what we're doing. Today is March 27th. I'm Harry, and I'm joined by my two friends and co-hosts, Aaron and Larry. What's up, guys? I'm Not a whole lot. Oh, we're talking <laughs> over each other already. It's a great start. I'm doing grand. Absolutely uh, grand. That, that's awesome. Uh, we have a good show today, guys. We're going to be going over uh, some of the current games we're playing. Uh, we're going to touch on the Halo series, how we think it's going to go, uh, or our opinions on it. Uh, we're going to be tossing a coin to the new Witcher game. And uh, we're going to be talking about some of our uh, favorite games from growing up. So, uh, first we're going to do the random fact. And this one's a little weird. Aaron, I might have said this to you. We grew up together. But uh, they have a list of phobias that have names that are not fitting. So, my favorite. Favorite? favorite <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> Is the fear of long words. Do you, and you guys know what this is? It's like a 36 letter word, isn't it? The word is Hippopana monstrosis quepidilophobia. What? <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Who that created that word? The American the guy, language is an asshole. Yeah, yeah. That's like the guy who made like Lisp. He's like, that, that jerk can't read this. <laughs> <laughs> the American language was an asshole in the first place. <laughs> I mean, it really kind of is. It's so asinine on so many levels. Wait, but uh, can you say that again for me? Because I didn't get it the first time. I thought you, you were done in the first okay. half. I've known this for a while. So I can say it really fast or I can slow it down for you. Which one do you want? Give me a slow down. Yeah, nice and soft and slow. Hippopotamus. Monostrosis. Quipidilophobia. I really like the strosis part. <laughs> like you definitely laid on the velvet towards the end there. Like again, you tricked me, and I thought it was over. I, I definitely thought it was like done at the the, the, the Strobovitz part or whatever it was. When you come in really fast with it, hippopotamus quipidilophobia. It's your favorite. <laughs> it's my favorite. <laughs> Fayboy, it's uh, my Fayboy thing. Ever. My fave. <laughs> okay, so episode title, we go with my Fayboy word. My favorite word. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, okay. <laughs> that was really so, good. Um, so, uh, current fantastic. games. You guys are on the Elden Ring kick still. It's my I have not had. One. I have not had the pleasure of playing that game yet. I'm then telling you, just send a- me that Venmo. Find a way to pleasure yourself and get it. Hmm? Um, what? <laughs> That's that, leave that to the OnlyFans. That page. is that is the opposite of what would happen. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just had to. I saw an opportunity and I took it. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, any any other games that you guys are currently uh, <clears throat> touching on? I know we guys are talking about uh, Tunic has just came to Game Pass. It came out to Game Pass on launch day. It was a surprise launch day Game Pass tie together. So it was really cool to try it out. I played it first on stream, and it's been great. You guys have played it a little bit, too. I've gotten about 30 minutes in. I, I'm digging it. It's it's very pretty. It's easy to get lost, though. Play it with headphones. The music is super chill. It's a vibe that I like to go with. 
Oh yeah, I forced honestly. you into the headphones. I forced you, you into did. the headphones and broke your stream. <laughs> it did. It really did break my stream because I had to change all my audio sources, all my stuff, get it all back balanced. Mm-hmm. But yep, you're not I'm a real streamer down. if you're not wearing headphones, right? That's how it works. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, seriously. The um, yeah, that game is actually really interesting. Obviously, Elden Ring has been kind of taking up a lot of our time, Aaron. Um, oh yeah. You know, now I've begun cheesing the game effectively at this point, so I can't really call myself a proper Elden Ring player. What is it? Um, what you chicken. called it? What? What kill is that it? chicken? Yeah, we're, we're killing the chicken. chicken. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, but jumping into Tunic, it was just it was kind of refreshing. It's it's got that good cross between you know Legend of Zelda and Dark Souls, where it it can be punishing and almost a little annoying in that that dark souls way of like i just want to get through this area don't make me face the demon that's going to shoot at me uh nonstop, <laughs> you know just for me to get back to the area i want to backtrack to um right. but it's so quirky it's so fun it's it's very chill at the same time i enjoyed watching your stream for the amount that i got to see of it and and then i started to play it at, almost at the same time because i was like I've got to jump in. I've got to check this out. It's, it's really, it's while it takes a lot of strong elements from. Sorry, my chair. Sorry. <laughs> all right. All right. While it takes a lot of elements from Legend of Zelda and Dark Souls, it still finds a way to find, to have a vibe that's uniquely its own. And mm-hmm. I've really been enjoying that. Like, like Larry said, it's super chill, but also punishing, but also the world is fascinating. And the mechanic of finding little pieces of the instruction booklet to put together how to play in the world. And it's all in a language that is not English. So you really mm-hmm. do have to analyze it and look at it and break it down and figure out what they're trying to tell you there. Yeah. Yeah. And what's awesome about that, too, is uh, I would listen to an interview with the developer, the primary developer. It was mainly made by one individual. Um, And so it was a very small, small project that went on for about seven years. Wow. It took a very long time for for him to get this going. And in that interview, he this was um, I'll I'll name drop it. It was it was Podcast Unlocked uh, with Ryan McCaffrey and the developer spoke about like the process for making the game and it was kind of that weird tightrope he mentioned of like you know oh was this a good idea to do this and drop everything (laughs) in my life um you know and also feeling that need to complete this passion project and, and do something different than you know being a game developer that you know you're just doing the bushes for something you know mm-hmm. um it was really neat to hear that perspective about this game because you can go into this game and and maybe you at first blush you're like not my style that kind of thing but when you hear the developer's story and and the developer side of things of you know he went through and and created everything but he didn't know all the answers he didn't know all aspects of the of the game development side of things like he had to bring in people for the sound because you know that wasn't his forte uh, as a primary developer he had to bring people in for the like contracting side and the monetizing side for like for instance getting contracts signed to to do a deal with Xbox for Game Pass. Mm-hmm. And there's so many things that go into development that 
you know, anyone could probably sit down and maybe code a few things and create something, but it's wild to think that this game took seven years and we can just fly through it in, you know, a certain amount of time and there it goes, right? Right. And and I think when it comes down to like thinking about Tunic and how long it, you know, it's been waited for by some folks, uh, you know, he had support in his own Discord for people that were testing the game and checking it out and supporting it. I think that really carries forward into what we'll talk about in the show later in terms of games that were impactful for us in terms of our top fives and, and things that kind of stand the test of time for us in our memories. And I think you guys would agree with me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. But yeah. there's just so much to the game and I want to get more into it. I'm not very far. I've beat the first boss. I'm close to the second boss. So I'm like, I think 15% through. But... Yeah. See, I was just finally getting the shield and then going ham on beating those turrets up that were lighting me up at the uh, beginning. The shield is a game changer. Yeah, it I really is because those I turrets got... are up so <laughs> punishing. I just got the stick, so. <laughs> so, so it's funny I was, you say I that. I was exploring. I was exploring, guys. The thing I love about this game, its map design is like Chef's Kiss Primo. Because there's a way to access almost every area a back way. Because usually a lot of areas you find new will lead you through and you'll come out of a way that's mm-hmm. to an area you've already been. So theoretically, mm-hmm. it is possible to find that back path in before you find the new area. I had to turn my gamma up because I couldn't see the ladders that were on the shade side of the wall. <laughs> <laughs> And I say that because, uh, Larry, were you there when I fought the first boss on stream? It wasn't. That, was it that uh, that commander? Yeah, the big knight. Yeah, yeah. It had a yeah. big health bar across the screen, like a Dark Soul boss. Yep. Uh, someone on Giant Bomb. I think it was Jess Voidberger on Twitch. I think on a Twitter, but uh, she never found the sword, and she beat that boss with the stick. Listen, <laughs> you, you can do anything, you know, if you're patient enough. But she got That's all the wild. way to that boss to find the stick. Then after that boss, she stumbled upon the sword. And she was like, are you kidding me? And, and that's what's awesome about this game in the in the sense that and, and I kind of bounce off of the things that I learned from the like hearing the developer talk was that, you know, just like you mentioned a little bit earlier with the the game manual, quote unquote, that you can find, you find those pages over the course of playing the game. I love that those pages are like in gobbledygook language until yeah. like you keep finding pieces of the of the actual manual. And it reminds me, um, and I think some of this has like, I guess, uh, an influence. Like it reminds me of like, like seeing like Japanese art for like Mario or Zelda, you know, seeing those manuals that like they evoke something in me that was like, you don't get that anymore in modern gaming. You, you so don't. It's super That's neat. So sad that we just we've passed the era of getting game manuals that have really cool art and really cool details of the story and the world. And that's just and a, yeah, a era that's passed. Like yeah, Elder Ring just, doesn't come with a manual. Like right, right. And to compound on that too, I, I think it's awesome that you know, like Harry is just he's just got the stick, you know. Um, you know the giant bomb member that just has just like went through with the stick. Like you could literally just go left, you know, from you know from get the get go, 
not yeah. know what you're doing. The game doesn't tell you what to do, and you're just exploring and enjoying. Mm-hmm. And to me, like, I don't know. It makes it it makes it difficult in the sense for like someone who doesn't game picking up and playing. Um, but at the same time, if you're just going to be zen and explore a little bit, and maybe be spooked and, and scared by like an enemy that comes after you. Like then, okay, that sparks learning. I think it sparks, mm-hmm. you know, I, experience. Just like that first time you play Super Mario and you jump on the first Goomba, right? Mm-hmm. I enjoy the hands-off kind of storytelling where it lets you go through and figure it out yourself. I hate having that. Oh, here's the path you need to take. Keep going. Keep going. Or, or the games Navi. that are like, or mm-hmm. the games that just like you walk and then it does a pop up, freezes, takes away game control, and says you can press A to swing your weapon. It's Listen, like, mm-hmm. thanks. I would have figured that out pretty quick, but I, I guess a <laughs> pop up and taking away control is necessary. Oh, but man. and it's and it's cool because the opening of Tunic seems like an homage to Link's Awakening. You wake up on a beach and go, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you got to figure it all out. One of the cool things too that I've 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 learned is that they have a ton of secrets built into that game. Just secret passages, you know, think Elden Ring like doors and stuff like that that are that are hidden and it was all very intentional. Uh, again, this is all from the interview. This is what I what I like really grasped onto and I loved hearing was they thought about these secrets in terms of percentages. So they thought of these secrets like there are there are things that like, for instance, that I could come across because I'm searching every nook and cranny, but Harry might mainline through the game and miss some of these, like, you know, 10% of people will find it type of secrets. Right, um, but that's so cool just for word of mouth talking with friends about games. Yes. Like, like, that's what's made Elden Ring, I think, so successful is you can be two friends can be playing the game at the same time, meet back together after the weekend at work and be like, Yo, dude, did you find this dungeon under the bridge? He's like, what are you talking about? And just right. it sparks conversation, gets people involved, and the word of mouth has been so fun with these games lately. Mm-hmm. That's just me with the game. Did you find this? What? <laughs> I haven't even played the game. <laughs> yeah, but you're not going to remember any of these details when you actually crack it open. You're like, I heard something about a bridge and a tower and something, something. <laughs> There's a bridge. There's a bridge. There's a, bridge. There's a lot of about, bridges. Something about birds with knives for feet. <laughs> no rock left unturned on Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah, Harry's just going to beat the 24 minute speed record in Elden Ring because he's going to hear so much about it before he starts <laughs> to play it that he's just going to be like pro level. Oh my gosh. Even happens. I'm literally going to be Internet Explorer when, when it comes to Elden Ring. You guys are going to be like level 150 and stuff. I'm like, hey, did you guys hear about this? <laughs> did you guys see time, that Tree Sentinel? By the time <laughs> Harry gets it, the DLC drops. So it changes everything. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, speaking of those speedruns, those have been totally broken now. Like, yeah. You can't, you can't do it anymore. You can't. Well, they got. The, the fastest one is 24 minutes. And that will never be beat, and it's in its separate category now, because in the latest patch, Miyazaki's like, you know those trees people have been using to climb to get over the boss wall? Yeah, delete them. <gasps> Wait. <laughs> and they removed those trees people have been climbing on. Oh. Literally, I those wanted, trees I, are gone. 
if that's the one I'm thinking of, and uh, no spoilers for anybody who didn't, you know, doesn't want to hear about that, you know, just nod your head if it's the one I'm thinking of that everybody's posted the video of, where you jump over that wall and the thing doesn't react. It's gone. That tree. They, they, removed, they removed that tree. Just deleted it. No. <laughs> and that's the thing. And and people just think, oh well, people will find a way to get past her. I'm like, and Miyazaki will just be like, no, that's not allowed. <laughs> I'm right. doing a Bad. patch. Bad. <laughs> Hit me harder, Daddy. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. yeah. So Tunic's been great. I'm, I'm just, I want to play Ghostwire Tokyo, but I can't drop the sixty dollars right now. But it's also like Kirby. I could play That's, Kirby. I watched uh, our buddy play Kirby a little bit. That was pretty fun. I, yeah, I want, I want Kirby. Everyone's saying it's a spiritual successor to the N sixty four Crystal Shards. And it I'm was like, very unsettling oh. watching Kirby try and swallow a bookshelf, though. <laughs> you don't like Kirby deep throwing a car? No. He was like, he was struggling. He was struggling. Did you guys? Did you guys see that video I sent you? No, mm, I don't think I did. Of Kirby. See it. No, I, I didn't catch that. Uh, it's on. It's on the clock app. Oh, I have to go there. I have to go check out the clock app. <laughs> it's Kirby related. <laughs> uh, the the talk tick. Yeah, I'm I'm on the free game kick right now. That's why I kind of uh, over the last week completed uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Went ham. Ooh, yeah. You got heavy into it, huh? Tell us more. Got Tell us heavy more. Heavy into it. Oh man, that is a beautiful <clears throat> game. It is. It's kind. It's kind of linear, and it's like a. I would say dungeon, dungeony. Like a dungeon crawler esque kind of game. It gets kind of repetitive, but it's uh, it's the story is beautiful. It's a beautiful story. See, and that's what I've heard is the writing is supremely good. The characters mm-hmm. are so well flushed out. So yeah. tell us more. Like, like I like at the end of it, I was sitting there talking to my wife about it. I was like, that game had no right to be that good. Oh, it it no, it had every right to be that good. It's Guardians of the Galaxy, and and they I know you know, I know through but... MC, through MCU they've set a they've set a an absolute statement in terms of like comedy for writing. And I know it's not the same as the MCU, but how many gems were in that game every two seconds? It's, it's not in the MCU at all. That's of course, but it's, it has so much shared DNA. Like it's so obviously an homage to itself. It's it's hilarious how you can affect your teammates moods by interacting and it's just like yeah. for like the first half where you guys are both to this part. So I can say this, I had rocket so pissed off at me because <laughs> I let Drax toss him, And I was like, <laughs> I did not let that happen. I did too, <laughs> but I didn't do it the first time. I did it the second time. Uh. And, then, and then I kept poking the bear, poking the bear. And I was like, finally, he's just like, oh, I'm not going to do this anymore. I was like, yeah, that's right. I just I love every interaction with Drax uh, because mm-hmm. they stuck so well to that that you know the macho Batista, Batista mentality guy. that he's got yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> like what's his quote from the uh, the the Guardians of the Galaxy movie uh, nothing would go over my head I would catch it and it's it's just filled with all that kind of stuff from him it's awesome mm-hmm. I love how literal oh, yeah. he is yeah but uh, <laughs> I can't really go too far because you are halfway through you're at where the um, 
Nova no Corps. Spoilers. Okay. <laughs> Where the blue people are being mystified by the the church. I don't. I couldn't think of another oh, word for church. Oh, there we go. No, the evangelicals. No, no, the space evangelicals. I, I guess we'll put it this way: if you haven't played the game just yet, and we do want to talk about any spoilers, you can certainly skip ahead, maybe thirty seconds, if you needed to, and Harry can mention yeah. what he'd like to mention, and we go is, from there. It is free if you have Game Pass. I will put that out there. It is it's a free game. if you pay ten dollars a month. <laughs> I said that if you pay, if you play <laughs> if you have Game Pass, you could probably it play it on your Steam Deck too. Yeah, you could so, probably. Um, Starting yeah, probably. starting 30 seconds from now, I would go forward if you are planning on playing it. If you would just like to hear anyway, and spoilers don't bother you right now. So, I'm we're the church, and you're fighting the one guy with the golden arms. I can't think of his name right now. Uh, you feel like it's going to be the end of the game. You really uh-huh. do. And then it just cock blocks you really bad. <laughs> and it's like... Oh, this isn't the end. You bastards. <laughs> oh, so there's a twist. Okay. Oh, okay. yeah. It's good. Gotcha. I need to get back to it. I'm, I'm going to move for story games right now, too. Like, it's, it's, I need that itch scratched. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. Elder Ring's been fun. Tunic's been fun. But I miss a good old-fashioned. It's linear. It's straightforward. But let's tell you a story. It's mm-hmm. like Because there's something yeah. special about those. Would, would you guys uh, succumb to the promise? That That's the question right there. I guess it depends on what the promise is. So, but I think I know what you're talking about, and probably not. Uh, there were just that just reminded me of the some of the wrinkles that were in that game that were just like that hits so well. Like mm-hmm. some of the flashback parts, you know, oh, Harry. Yeah. I'm sure you're you've been to that part and passed it out because oh, yeah. you beat the game. Uh, I don't know about you, Aaron, but there were some awesome flashbacks that were really cool to get through. I've been um, through a few of the flashbacks, but not the one. I saw the one when you were streaming the game a while back when he first gets the guns, and I've not been to that flashback yet. N- near gotcha. the end of the... This is another spoiler, so maybe like 15 seconds. Don't spoil guys... any end for me. Yeah, if it's, it's... if it's late game, you're you're playing a dangerous no, game. No, no, it's just going to make you... There's a part that's going to make people cry. Be oh, okay, all right, all right. All right, yes. all right. Gotcha, gotcha. I'm okay with crying. I'm in touch with my that side of me. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say cry, but if 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 a certain thing has happened to you in life, it is going to hit you right in the chest. I oh, cried God. watching Frank and Weenie, so that is my. Uh, that's I my cry watch. I cry watching rom coms, so I I am fine with this. Mm-hmm. Harry, what do you cry watching? Uh, the last thing. Oh man, too much. <laughs> I, I I. Uh, last movie I cried was uh, Endgame, dude. Oh, uh, well, yeah. When, when, when Tony well, yeah. died, I was just like, yeah. oh, oh, sorry. Spoilers. <laughs> if you guys haven't seen a movie that's been out for a year and a half, I'm sorry. No. Yeah, no. <laughs> if, if you haven't seen that movie, you don't deserve to watch it spoiler free at this point. Like, <laughs> I, I'll to... take, a, take a hard line stance on that. I'm trying to think of the last movie that made me tear up, and I'm actually struggling. I know a lot do, but I watch. Hold on. What? <laughs> turning Audience red. I cried during Turning Red. Yes, what is it that? made me tear up. The Pixar Disney movie with the red pandas and the. It's a good thing we have women to keep us in check. Oh, exactly. I don't know about My, that one. Uh, turning Red is a story. It actually is really resonant. 
resonates with people in our age group because it's about a girl going through middle school and adolescence in 2004. Gotcha. So it's very relevant to our age group. So it hits home with a lot of struggles and things that we may have had. And it's just about Mm -hmm. a quirky, odd girl struggling with finding herself and the balance between being respectful to her family and her heritage, but also embracing who she truly is. And it's, oh, yeah, it is, it's a good movie. It my really daughters is. Have, my daughters have watched it like... I teared up during that movie. Yeah. <laughs> as far as tearing up for me, it was when Tony, when Tony died and up to the funeral part. That was like... Constant tears. Keep, just trying to keep flowing. it together. I'm, I'm strong. I think the most recent thing I got, I got, you know, misty eyed. My eyes started to sweat was um it's like a pixar thing uh denise and i watched it was bow it was about a oh, dumpling. Bow. it was about Bow's a dumpling then you would love turning red it's it's the same director okay okay yeah it was a cool little short mm-hmm. yeah yeah bow so, was listen, great. and end of the story here uh this little sidetrack that we just went on <laughs> is that we are fine young gentlemen that are in touch with our emotions and we're not afraid to cry. Nah. Mm-hmm. It's healthy. It makes me feel good. <laughs> anyway. Sometimes, sometimes you just need a good cry, a good sob, an ugly cry. <laughs> I did my best. I did my best. Uh, so, um, speaking of like movies and stuff, the Halo series, guys, what, what are your... Are you guys going to watch it? My opinion is it's a thing. It's a thing. Like, I've got a lot of nostalgia for the Halo series. I would desperately want it to be something that can suck you in with, you know, character building, things like that. Like, I like the idea of things like like ODST or Halo Reach. You know, give me something that's like boots on the ground, like in the trenches type of stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was not subtle at all. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. Um, so, but the... Uh, Tactical beer open. The things that I don't want out of the show is, you know, I don't want the Doom guy running around killing monsters arbitrarily. Now, I have heard two things, and we kind of touched on it a little bit as we were kind of like figuring out what to what to discuss a little bit. But I've heard both sides of the coin, you know, in terms of like, mm-hmm. it's not like the game, and this is why it's good. It's not like the game, and this is why it's bad. And... I don't know which side of defense I would land yes. on. I would have to. I would have to watch it. This you is know? their strike. Strike three. If it, if it does not go good over the next episode drops, it is going to kill any future chance of another live action Halo thing. Because this is the third time, and if it's bad, then it's three bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, the biggest criticism I heard about episode one is Master Chief took his helmet off, and that's weird. <laughs> yeah that feels wrong here's my criticism why are why is master chief the same size as the odst <laughs> when he was like isn't he canonically like seven foot plus yeah he's like he's like seven plus foot he's like huge and it's like he's a juggernaut even in even infinity in infinite isn't he like just towering over these normal mm-hmm. raids like don't worry champ just fly the plane <laughs> yeah he, I, he I, is he actually he's supposed to be like gigantic i want his I, I just want his voice. I don't want to see his face. 
my favorite line from him is going to get my shit back. I'll probably get in trouble for this, but this is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, and you're listening to Gamer Sleep, the world's number one video game podcast. <laughs> Steve Downs, if you listen to this podcast, uh, do a cameo, please. <laughs> also, all protections and parody. Thank you. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, just a big fan. Just a big fan. Um, no, but it, you asked earlier, you know, is this something that, you know, we'll watch? And yes, but no, because it's on Paramount+. Plus. That That is the biggest issue. I don't need another streaming service. I don't. Like I, I want can't. to support this because I want to support this because at my core as a gamer, as a as a gaming enthusiast, someone who's been gaming since I was young, that has a lot of nostalgic feeling over, you know, first going through the, the Halo game originally on Xbox. I mm-hmm. want to support this. Just like I liked like the idea of that, you know, that other, you know, Halo series that we won't speak of. Um I just want to be enthusiastic about it and I wanna I want to participate but you're putting it behind something that I don't want to go out of my way to, to, to tap into. Mm-hmm. So exactly. guess what? I'm going to, I'm going to talk to people who have watched it and I'm going to end up listening to their opinion uh, rather than forming my own. And yeah, and, that's the bad thing about it. And when it comes to this and streaming services doing that cockamamie scheme where they're like, well, we'll give you free 10 day trial so you can check out the show, but it is coming out by week by week. So you're going to have to have it for 13 weeks to watch the whole show. It's like, no, screw that. I'll stay off Twitter. I'll block Halo show hashtag and I'll wait till the show's done. Get the 10 day free trial and binge it in a weekend. I just want to cancel say, the service. Like, I, I just want to say I, uh, I really appreciate your old soul. Cockamini, uh, cockamini <laughs> scheme. Like, yeah, get off my lawn, kids. I don't have a lawn. I rent because I'm a millennial. <laughs> Mine's more like get off my mud because I live in northern Midwest. <laughs> so my yard is just completely mud right now. <laughs> but I'm just, I'm just. Back in the day when streaming first caught on and got big, it was so cool and refreshing to have a one-stop shop to get all your stuff. But now we're back to the point where it's no better than a cable service that, Oh, do I want to add HBO for this month? Do I want to add this package to get this channel? It's like, no, I really, I I really don't anymore. I have HBO. I have HBO. And one reason only, and it is Dr. Who. I have HBO because HBO honestly has the best selection of movies out of any of them. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's, I, that's I get true. Hulu for free. Uh, my Amazon Prime is free, uh, so I've got those. Amazon Prime doesn't really have the best shows selection, uh, except for The Boys. The Boys is fun, and uh, I don't know if you guys have caught that before, but <laughs> awesome comic series, and then good adaptation of a sh- you know into a show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Netflix is hurting me because it keeps raising its prices. Dude, that's uh, that's Netflix keeps yearly. raising their prices. The last and three I, years. Yeah, Netflix yeah. keeps raising their prices, and I'm honestly struggling right now to think of anything that I care about that's Netflix exclusive anymore. We did, we got rid of it. The only reason uh, I still have it is because my girlfriend's mom pays for okay. it, and we just log into it. Okay, I mean we can we consistently put Shit's Creek on. I mean, so that's yeah. usually blasting in the background. 
you know. See, our comfort show in our household is Bob's Burgers. Just go put on I a couple love. episodes of Bob's and just. Yes. We're a hoarder's family here. We we watch Burgers. Uh, trash oh, TV. Oh, no. No. See, yeah, the only we'll... time. The only time I break down and watch trash TV is like, hey, want to make a few mixed drinks and watch 90 Day Fiance? Fuck it. Sure. Hey, hey, hey listen. <laughs> no, no, no. The when Great you have British wild Baking kids. Show. <laughs> yes. When you have wild kids and you're constantly looking around your house, you're like, man, these kids are destroying this house. And you watch Hoarders, you don't feel so bad about yourself, okay? <laughs> so you watch Hoarders for a self-esteem boost. Am I getting this correct? Yes, a little bit. <laughs> All right. <laughs> You know, you could be spending your time feeling better about yourself by beating a boss in Elden Ring. Guys, uh, if I okay. ever get to the point where I'm watching my 600-pound life to feel better about myself, please do an intervention. Kid, kids, please help you me. got it. You got kids it. Kids are awesome. You, you heard it here first, listeners. So please provide emotional support to Aaron if that ever were to If I happen. ever start watching so, my 600-pound so, life. You guys don't have children yet. No. I'll tell you this. Kids are awesome. They are <laughs> tornadoes why are you winking they are tornadoes <laughs> inside of a people inside of a little person i have nieces and nephews i know how that is i know how that is i just get to give them back yeah that's the way to keep you, it you don't get to give them back you got to hope they go to bed on time hope hope is the go to sleep that's, 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 that's all parenting is is hope when the kid learns the word no, go to sleep. No. No. Gosh. Oh, no. Now it's that... trouble. Guys, guys, I think it might be time yeah. to jump into our top fives. All right. Oh, yeah, what, uh, what, we got one. We got, I think we got one more. We got the the Witcher. Oh. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A new, a new Witcher game's been announced. Mm -hmm. That's exciting. That's right. That's... That's right. How could we forget? How could I forget? It wasn't you guys. That was me. Because... We're just having a chill time, talking mm -hmm. around, having a conversation, and things slip your mind. But it's okay. New Witcher it's game. Okay. It's just... probably five years off anyway. Mm -hmm. yeah, so, it's... yeah. So Is yeah, it... they they confirmed that the the Witcher game was coming out, uh, or actually will be worked on. Excuse me. And I thought it was a, there was a really neat detail, Aaron, that you pointed out about the screenshot that surfaced. Yeah, that was released. Um, so it showed a, an emblem. What emblem was that? It was the medallion in the snow was of the links. So right, right. I don't think that's a house, Witcher house that we've had much interaction with in, in the games. Cause the ones that we've seen, right. Were like the, uh, the cat, the panther, the bear, mm -hmm. the wolf. And was there mm -hmm. any others mentioned in Witcher so I mean, far? Not, not in the games that I can recall. I mean, what, what is really cool, and, and this will kind of stem into a little bit of our later conversation too, is like, the the Witcher is an awesome book series prior to mm -hmm. gaming and, and, and the show and everything like that. So like I've listened to, I've listened to the audio books, um, played the game, watched the show, and I'm still learning lore for it. There, it it's weird because the books just kind of dive into different different adventures that Geralt goes on. Instance, right, because right, the, the where... first three books are uh, short story collections, are they not? Exactly, yeah. exactly. So I, I like to look at those those books as like just tiny little adventures that would be, for instance, in The Witcher 3. Yeah. You know, so that's what's awesome about that. Um, and I, I'm really curious to see what ends up going into 
you know, despite everything that CD Projekt Red has been going through in, you know, previously, um, what will go into this new installment of The Witcher? Right? What, it's, which way is it going to go? I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm guessing since it's going back to The Witcher, it's going to be a third-person game again, and it's mm-hmm. going to be in that world. But they are switching to Unreal Engine 5 over their Red Engine. So that's going to be interesting to see how that affects things. Yeah. But now, in, did you in guys play a lot of The Witcher Three? I played a fair bit, but I and I want to get back to it now that I got my beefier PC. I could actually dive into it deep. So okay. I might start that soon because I've been craving a story based game, like I said. Mm-hmm. So every I'm time I tempted. hear, every time I hear Unreal Five Engine Five, I want to do the whole plankton. Wah, shishing, sparkle, sparkle. I mean, <laughs> yeah, because we haven't seen much of a games built from the bottom up on Unreal Five yet. I we really haven't. On, on right. Unreal Five, it made yeah, it better. Fortnite's on Unreal Five, but it's not built on Unreal Five. So, a little bit of a difference. But, but yeah, yeah it's going to be interesting to see where it goes. But in retrospect, like I, I gave CD Projekt Red a break for, uh, for Cyberpunk a little bit, just because of the circumstances. Like, look, really looking into it, like. They went from being a company that builds games based off story of books and having source material and third person to nope, we're switching it up, no source material, nothing to go off of. We're just and we're going to first person and it's a totally different game, totally different systems. There's not much carryover between the two. So what they did was insanely ambitious for a smaller studio. Yeah. I, they I'm just with you in they that. just over promised. I'm with you in that sense, and I, I, I'm very, I'm very surprised that, despite the hype that I had for that game, that I, I really actually dropped it and didn't go back to it. I popped in like, okay, the update came out. Let me go ahead and, you know, see. And I just wasn't interested again, mm-hmm. uh, just because it just it didn't it didn't hit the note that I wanted it to for me, unfortunately. And I I know that there's people that still love that game, you know, despite everything. And I know that CD Projekt Red has a lot of ground to make up for their fan base. They but do. I really like I, I like that point that you make. You know, it's a different game. You know, it's if they entirely keep... different. It's like not I never even like, touched there's it. There's no shared DNA, none. Right. right. So what right. they did was insanely ambitious, and yeah, they overpromised. I'm not gonna give, cut them all the slack. Like, uh, whatever, you guys, it's fine. It's like mm, do better on your marketing next time. And yeah keep things in check more but nonetheless it's just like while i bounced off cyberpunk as well i don't think it was a bad game and i just think they're cutting their teeth on something entirely new and there's learning curves but yeah the gaming community is very unforgiving i never touched cyberpunk because i was gonna buy it and then all of a sudden it's like the hammer of all of the bad reviews came out. I was like, I don't think I'm going to spend $60 on that. Right. And I pre-ordered it. So, and I still have played like maybe three hours. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I didn't get, I didn't get too crazy far into it. Um, And I might, it's a shame. It's a shame because I, I want, I want that developer to do well. And it's a shame that they also ran into the issues they did making that title. And I hope that that experience then helps that studio to change their dynamic, that culture that unfortunately I think the employees were going through 
in creating that title and Mm -hmm. that they can compound on the success they found with the Witcher series prior to. And I just, because I don't know what your feelings are on it. Like Harry, what do you, how did you take in the Witcher three? Was that something that you, you really were into or I'm going to be honest. I beat it. Okay. And I stream, I like fast as I could. Okay. And then never touched it again. I, wow. like, even when the DLC came out, they were like, oh, the DLC has so much more. I was like, I, I just don't care. I mean, if it's not for you, it's not for you. All respect. No, I liked that. it. I liked it. It's just, I don't know. It's See, just. And it I've seen a lot of gameplay of it. And some of the DLC story is better than the main games. Like, it's so mm-hmm. well written and so well paced. And it's got See, so that's, much drama and tension. That's what I heard. Uh, but But it was kind of dull through the story mode. So I was like, because even I've heard from people, the main quest line in the base game is lackluster. It's the side quests that add so much depth mm-hmm. and so much character to the world. And Geralt being flushed out is through all the side well, quests. I, I, I might have to go back because at that time, granted, when The Witcher 3 came out, I was a new father. Like, I had just oh. had my first kid. Yeah, that changes yeah. everything then, man. Different mindset, different mindset with a different amount of time. So gaming for sure gaming was on the back burner. It still kind of is to my kids, but it was way, it was way back there because that was my first newborn and I was like freaking out. Now, Aaron, did you spend a lot of time with that game? Like, was it a slow burn for you? (laughs) I'll be honest. I played barely none of the game itself. However, at the time who I was dating at the time, different than who I'm dating now. Good thing. (laughs) Good thing. (laughs) But uh, I watched them play it a lot, a lot, a lot. So I got a lot of the story through there and a lot of the character building through there. And it makes me want to play it. I just haven't found the time to sit down. Like, I'm ready to dedicate 100 hours to a game. Yeah. So I think that I think that um, in all honesty, the only gripe I really had with the game was the user interface for like menus. Yeah. But I think it really it really lends itself well to PC. Yeah, Steve, that's where I'm to, excited to play it. Not to console, yeah. So mm-hmm. um, that's like the real only gripe I have with it. Um, it's an awesome story-based game with tons of content. Quite literally, like I... Did I beat... Yeah, I beat the game. I beat the game, but I never beat the, the DLCs, which I would love to do. But the side quests were my favorite part about it. Just... Like I could literally pick out two side quests that impacted me more than the main quest of the game by Mm -hmm. like a long shot. And I just simply won't go into them for the sake of, you know, if you ever jump into it, but we can get into that conversation later if you guys want to. And if that, that I don't even care about spoilers. If you haven't played that game at this point in time, you're doing yourself a disservice because it is quite literally, it was to me a masterpiece in terms Mm -hmm. of, you know that a game of its time exactly um, so impressive and yeah it makes me so upset that cyberpunk fell short but and, and i think and can't... i think that's why cyberpunk got so much hate honestly is because right. the the expectations were so monumentally high coming off the witcher 3 and the dlcs yeah like, i i think that games should stop promising certain things before the game's released. But shareholders demand it. 
That doesn't matter. The shareholders don't buy the games. Doesn't matter. The shareholders. How do you know? But they're gonna sit there, tell them we're gonna give them like, no, the best gaming experience ever, and then you get in there and it's like, oh man, this is like Pong. (laughs) No, no. But the fact of the matter is, CD Projekt Red could have made Cyberpunk a way better game if they weren't pushed by their shareholders to put it out by a certain date. You know what really oversold that game? You know what really oversold it was Keanu. It's like this game must be great. They got Keanu in it. I mean, he's breathtaking. I know. He's he's amazing. <laughs> but I think that was like that was like the cell. Like that was their cell. Like I, I was going to say I was, I was going to say you can't blame Keanu for sure, but no. he def- he definitely brought some star power to it that made like that put a luster on it like a oh my goodness this is going to be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did. And celebrity cameos in games is still a very odd thing in this day and age. We no mm-hmm. one's done it well enough to justify it yet. I have uh oh man, no. I'm I'm gonna say this right now. Say it. The rock in Fortnite <sighs> blew my mind. And then hey, I got it's that th- guy from Fortnite. <laughs> and then I got thinking about it. Because I was sitting there and I was like, wait, he's the foundation. I was, like, <laughs> He's the rock. Why did, I was like i was like why didn't i see this sooner <laughs> it's like the foundation the rock hmm. that is so stupid i love it i can only I shake my head i can't ever fully hate fortnite but i can definitely shake my head at it it's going crazy right now like uh if you have prime uh, prior aiming gaming knowledge you are dunking on the, the building kids Oh yeah, yes. That's actually a good side like piece of information that we didn't even touch on. Like, yeah, I'm not Fortnite. a Fortnite guy myself, but the whole buzz about them removing building for this season is crazy. It is not this season. It is. It's indefinite. For, uh, no, 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 no. It's like for the next, I think, two or three weeks. They're okay, testing okay. the waters, though. No, this is them no, testing no. the waters. Okay, so I'm gonna explain some Fortnite lore. Um, All right, go. I'm going to be that guy. Laura's Laura's up, daddy. Right now, there is a battle going on between uh, the IO and um, the Seven. And they, one of them, one of the sides has the ability, they like shot a bomb that takes away the the capability to build. So now we're doing missions in the game as you're playing, like there's side missions as you're playing the Battle Royale. And you're trying to get building back. That's basically what you're doing. All right. Oh, okay. All right. So, so there's maybe... an in-world explanation for why it's no see, longer there. Cool. See, that's cool. That's the thing that like, that drew me to Fortnite to begin with, because I was like, oh, it's another battle royale. Because I I was playing PUBG and Apex when I beforehand, and I was like, I'm not gonna like this. And I was like, oh man, they actually add lore to this. This is fantastic. All right. All right. I can give them some credit then for in-world lore reasons while they why they have game mechanic changes is a pretty fun thing to do mm-hmm. like it is yeah that that is pretty neat i gotta i gotta say i gotta agree with you there i'm not a i'm not a Fortnite guy i probably part would be terrible at it part would not really be invested in it but that is cool to see and i i do enjoy watching you play so when i've caught you playing harry um i've really enjoyed it and i can say that i don't typically enjoy spectating those types of games mm-hmm. um so that is pretty cool to learn 
So thank you for that tidbit of knowledge. And I'm sure that there's a lot of folks out there that are in our same shoes of like not really participating that that might actually help them say like, whoa, that's kind of neat. I might check this out. Right. I, I think right. I think it gets a lot of hate, undeserved hate. That's just my thing. It, it's, it's popular. It's like, of course it's yes, going to get hate. That exactly. Like anything that's super popular, it gets hate. End of story. I mean, Tunic is getting review bombed because it's like a Legend of Zelda game. It is it is a great game, but it's not a uh, game I would put in one of my iconics. Like the ones we're going into right now, where games Our that made five. us games that made us enjoy gaming growing up into now. Mm-hmm. All right. So how do that we sounds like start that sounds like this? you're transitioning, sir. It does sound like a segue. Let's Me do it. Knew. All right. So <laughs> like basically, so, uh, like. Yeah, it's just, what are, like, some of the games? You can be retro games, uh, newer games, uh, that you guys you guys want to go off one by one, and we can talk about one in each game individually? I, I think we should go round table, starting round with table. your bottom five, bottom, <laughs> and work our way up. The bottom five? Oh, I did not order them that way. You didn't I, order I, them? Mine are in no particular order because no particular I order can't, for you. I I can't place them in any kind of order. All right, mine yeah. mine have an order at least. Mine do okay. have an order. Yeah, I did. I, I'll start. I'll, I'll start off. Um, I don't know if you guys heard this one. It was a Sega game, uh, the Lost Vikings. I have no. heard of it, but I never played it. That's that one game. of the first Blizzard games. Mm-hmm. That's when they were. Uh, what what was it called? Something in Synapse. Yeah, they had a different name then. So tell us a little bit about it. Give us it's, a blurb. It's basically just a platformer where you get to play between three different Vikings to it was, a, it was an early touch on like current games where you can have different characters that do different things. So tell but us it, why it was like important a, to you. Like oh, it's, a to B uh, type of that, platformer. It's because I was a Sega kid. That's all I had. And that was one of my favorite games back in the day. And you were a Viking. I was a Viking. <laughs> but were you lost? Or are you still lost? lost? I'm lost now. <laughs> Wasn't lost then. <laughs> Go ahead, Aaron. What do you got? All right. For my first one, I'm going to bring up. It's the only Pokemon game on the list. I decided to put one on there because <laughs> I have to, at least one. And the one that is most important to me is probably Pokemon Soul Silver. Why? Okay. Why? Because <laughs> Silver was an important game to me. It's one of the ones I had the most memories with as a child. And when this game came out, I was much older, obviously, going from the Game Boy Color to the DS. Mm-hmm. It just rekindled that feeling of the original so well when it came out. Now I could tell you 20 reasons why it sucks. It's based on, like, level curves bad and Pokemon distribution's <laughs> bad. But we don't. that's we just... Don't being a hater honestly but the game we don't, just we don't touch our feels we don't touch them we just... no no it doesn't it doesn't touch how i feel about the game i can be objectively criticism have objective criticisms about the game but that doesn't change how i feel about it it's just it was right. such a cool game with so much character and heart and color and just so unique at the time for a pokemon game even though it was the same formulaic get the badges, collect your team, ba 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 ba. 
it just i love the art in it i like the pokemon following you having two regions is cool but that's not what made it cool it was just the johto region is probably my favorite region in pokemon yeah yeah Yeah. and i i totally get it too like um to go into even my list for instance i i really don't have anything retro in you know anything that's like crazy from my youth i do have one on there which i'll i'll mention shortly but i really where i went with this was you know really not based on whether it was a masterpiece or not necessarily or anything like that it was really just about how it made me feel in the moment of playing it and how i can finally look back into playing those games so what's really funny is you bringing up the pokemon game like i don't have a pokemon game on my list but i ended up spending so much time in my life playing pokemon blue you know and there are there are memories like smells sounds like feelings that are tied to these games and i think that anybody listening to can feel that same thing about the games that they really are fond of and i like for 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 real i ask anybody listening to if you're in our discord and like that drop in your 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 top five as well and participate because i'd love to hear you know what really was special to you of course too so with that being said probably the you know the the oldest game that's going to be on my list here um because of its impact on me from when i was a kid even into later age super mario world so you know that game was immense it was a game that i couldn't i couldn't even beat on my own playing as a kid um you know, I didn't have a Super Nintendo growing up, but I had friends that had it. So I, I would jump in and play at any possible time that I could. <laughs> Excuse me. And um, but going into like later life, like I had a lot of fun with my friends. Like legitimately, we recorded our our album. You know, we spent a week at the studio. And guess what? There's a Super Nintendo at the studio. And we That's sat awesome. there and played the hell out of that game. <laughs> and and we beat it within that one week of just everybody passing the controller over and just continuing to play the game while others were going into the booth and recording and that kind of stuff, you know, it ties so many memories in along with just having a really awesome, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, game structure, having great nostalgic characters, obviously Mario is super popular. Um, But it's like the one I think that is totally mainstream that somebody would be like, yes, that one's my favorite game. So it kind of feels like a cop-out to me, but it is definitive for me. That's awesome. Yeah. See, that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it made me think of so many memories with gaming. Like, Yeah. Ah, just brought a smile to my face. <laughs> right. So, Harry, you're, okay, you're Harry. up next. Let's... Uh, let's see. Let's check my list. List wise, a uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone for the PS One. What? All right, all right. Whoa! <laughs> I, I, I get it. I get it though. Tell tell us about it. Okay. Unload. I have to preface this. I love my mother. <laughs> all right. But at the time, she was going through a thing where Harry Potter was the devil, like you know. <laughs> That devil magic. <laughs> and she broke down and let me rent this game. And I what? fell in love with it. It was Aww. so good for the time. That's awesome. That's awesome. Like, story-wise, it is beautiful. Yeah. Just 
something so pure about the nostalgia there. Like it is, it is more true to the to the book than the movie, like the first movie was. So I mean, I, I remember those old PlayStation games, dude. There, there's some heart to them, yeah. I had to secretly read the books at school, so <laughs> no, I'm I'm with you. I was resistant to reading those books when I was younger, but they were bought for me as like like birthday gifts and. Um, that even brings up memories for me of like, you know, you just, you know, hang off the edge of your bed reading a book and, you know, mm-hmm. you have like summers off of school and there you go. You're kind of diving into an adventure and, and it brings a, like a sense of like, man, no pun intended, like magic into your life. And, it really does. and that's, that's really awesome. Yeah. I, I, I love Harry Potter. That is my second favorite book series following anything J.R.R. Tolkien. Yeah, I mean, you've got to be excited for the new game then, too. Oh, yeah. Hogwarts oh, yeah. October, baby. October. I'm nice. so excited about that game. I'm trying to push away the political issues with that and J.K. Yeah. Rowling being it's, a it's human hard. piece of garbage. And it's a challenge, but she is, she is a trash person. She, But, just, but what she me. created has outgrown her. <laughs> she <laughs> like, created this world, and now she's trying to dip her fingers back into it. It's like... Leave it alone, please. It's just, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a challenge, because I understand the people who are like, don't support her, don't support that garbage, don't support someone who is literally trying to make other people's lives worse because of their beliefs. Mm-hmm. But that that series has such a paramount effect on so many people in our age groups. Oh yeah, childhood. So oh, yeah. hard to just cut that out. Like, mm. what are you supposed to do? Like, just imagine yeah. you being young and watching the, like, even if you didn't read the books, watching the movies for the first time, it was like, that series is wow. magical. There's no better word for it. Yeah. The, the current issues around the creator of it is unfortunate, but yeah, like, you can't help that those books touched you in your life to a way that's changing, changing for you as a person. It's to the it's to the point where HBO had to do like two separate things, one with her involved and one without her involved. Yeah. For the anniversary. Wow. But But we're gonna try and stay away from political stuff on this We podcast. are. I just felt like it had to be brought up a little bit to say like Yeah, yeah. It's... Don't support her as a person, but the world she created affected us as children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not, I, it's I, not... I can I can agree with you there too. It's not it's her not... world anymore, it's ours. Exactly. Yeah. So what do you got next for us, Aaron? All right, all right. I'm gonna get made fun of this, I'm sure, but Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts. When you walk away, Dude, that song is still on my shuffle list. I don't give a shit. Simple and clean is a goddamn bop. It really you'll is. Be, you'll you'll be upset with me because I've never played one. What? And here here's the thing: I would not recommend it to you now. I wouldn't. No. I would not recommend anyone who did not grow up with these games to try them. End of story. Here's, here's my. I opinion. did watch the first one being played though. So watch, watch the camera. Watch the camera. King Kingdom Hearts one, two, three. Nope, three was. Yep. 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 I would say three was mid. A lot of the spinoffs were really fun and creative. Two I, was I, this, phenomenal. Two is the one that is truly on my list. It is. I put. I'm putting the series as a whole. Because it's hard to say a standalone game when it's a huge arcing story. 
Mm-hmm. But Kingdom Hearts 2 is by far my favorite of the series. But this series just, it was so different when it came out. So uniquely itself. Like, it mm-hmm. wasn't yeah. very often in this in, in that era where you got a game that was full of, whole. it was wholesome, it was whimsical, it was dark, it was mysterious. Mm-hmm. It was just so uniquely itself. And it had Goofy. <laughs> and it had Goofy, dude. Best character in the game. <laughs> But just and just Marsh. in that age when I was just getting into Final Fantasy, Disney was kind of on the wane because I was, uh, you know, I'm a I'm too old for that stuff. I'm 13 now, but it was <laughs> just so Disney. jokes was, on you, homie. It was just it such just a, enough. It was just such a unique blend of seeing Mickey Mouse talking to Cloud. Like, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> And I don't think there will ever be anything like it again. Unless we get like, oh, are we going to do a Winnie the Pooh with Avengers? Like, let's go. Like, I don't I'm think down. so. Uh, copyright. <laughs> it's all That's Disney. Idea. It's all Disney. <laughs> That's but, our idea. But nonetheless, Kingdom Hearts is just something so unabashedly original. And it just did its own thing and didn't really care. Yeah, I, loved, I, I, I loved it as a kid. And I still do. It still has a special place in my heart. The series was good, but uh, two is the definitely the golden medal of the three. I would say two and Birth by Sleep, the PSP game, were primo. Okay. Birth by Sleep was dope. I, I didn't have any of the handhelds, though. So. I bought a PSP to play Birth by Sleep. because I, I bought a PSP for Patapon and then the UMDs movies. UMD movies, man. What a trip. <laughs> That's only partially a joke. Patapon was great. Patapon is a is a classic. I love Patapon and there was a lot of great games on the PSP, honestly, especially of that level, like Patapon and uh what was it? Uh the Cake Princess or something like Fat Princess or something like that that people loved. Oh, Fat Princess was on the actual PlayStation. Oh, was Wasn't it? On the PSP. Oh, I thought yeah. it was a PSP I... one. Yeah, but there were so yeah. many great games on the PSP. But yeah, just that's all I know really say about Kingdom Hearts being my next one on the list. Like just so nostalgic, yeah. so such a weird blend. I think um, I don't know that this would make anyone else's list in the world, but the next one for me: Fire Emblem Sacred Stones, Game Boy Tell Advance. Me more. So, are you guys familiar with the Fire Emblem series the prior series, to any of yes. the Yes. Yeah? Okay. So, I came across this game. I would have never probably had any interest in it um, in its day, um, and I likely wouldn't have had any interest in current entries for it. Had I not come across this title as like um, one of the free options on the 3DS. So, it was a game that I, I could have picked a you know, a handful of games, and I just was like, oh, let me check this out. It looks it looks kind of neat. Like, you know, turn-based, permadeath, story-based type of game. And what I really loved about this game was sprite animations. I was This is a time where I really loved, like, 8-bit, you know, 16-bit, that type of stuff. Like, I was into, like, obviously, like, Pokemon on the, on the, you know, on the Game Boy and stuff like that was really cool. It reminded me of that type of style, right? It also had amazing art in the combat animations. So is this turn-based, like, overworld type of style, 
sprite-based stuff, and then when your your character would fight another character, like an enemy or something like that, it would go into this side view, like almost like a fighting game style, and they would act out their their animations. I quite literally sunk so much time into this game that you would get so emotional if you lost a character oh. because they were dead. They were they were gone. Permadeath. You could was... lose. Quite literally, you could lose your right-hand man from the beginning of the game. Mm -hmm. And he was just gone. And that was it. Man, I'm so tempted to try a Fire Emblem. Because the permadeath thing, I would leave that on. Because that feels like what makes it interesting and has have stakes. And I just, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. I wish I could have experienced one of those like that. If so you could cool. get your hands on, on Sacred Stones, I'd recommend it. I, To be honest with you, I'm not a huge fan of where they've taken the series um fire emblem awakening is good so that's actually not bad if you want to play that on like 3ds or something like that did you just bounce um, off of three houses yeah so like i went to you know fire emblem sacred stones then it was awakening and then i checked out fates i awakening i nearly beat uh fates i dropped real quick and then i have three houses and i i pretty much dropped that i went on a little kick again of playing it but I, I it's just the the art direction that really grabbed me for sacred stones um mm -hmm. seeing the sprites getting story in a way that was pretty old school like was a really cool thing it just vibed with me in particular and again it just harkens back to like those those good feelings those memories of just like nothing else to do i'm sneaking myself into this story and much like guardians of the galaxy with what harry said you thought like the game was going to end and it just kept going oh, mm -hmm. and it was just so awesome. And the stakes were so high. Um, I would be a wuss now and I would probably uh, save scum in order to keep my characters. Unlike when I first played it, I just let them die. And that was it. Cause I didn't care. It, it was like, okay, so they're gone. Cool. It's it's I'm looking at screenshots of it now and stuff. And it gives me really strong. Like, I don't know if anyone here has played it, but final fantasy tactics advanced. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, strong vibes of that from it. So, yep, yep. Uh, and there are a lot of like, like, there's a lot of meta in terms of like character growth and stats. Some characters are glass cannons. Some characters are just overall like terrible. Like they're just so weak that you have to baby them. You have to weaken an enemy before allowing the other weaker character to get the killing blow to level them up. So you have to think so hard about it, and it's like playing chess in that sense. That's it's so awesome. cool. That's so cool. Recru recruiting other characters happens in the over in like not the overworld, but in the, the, the map for the level, right? So you would see a neutral character that you have to actually walk up to with a certain character and talk to them to recruit them. Yeah. If you didn't, they could get killed, they could fight you, they could do whatever, and you would never get them that character you never get that character ever again you could look at the roster of characters and it's huge and oh. that's what i love about the fire emblem series i just wish you know i can't turn back time like that's like an old man kind of thing like i want it to be the same as as that that was my entry and i'm sure there are fans out there that enjoy older games in the series there there you know or newer games in the series that was the one for me that introduced me and that will forever be like a pivotal game for me mm -hmm. that's awesome go on harry <laughs> what's yours what's your Take next it, one harry 
It's going to catch a lot of flack. Guardians uh, of the Galaxy. Why would he catch flack? No, I'm That's just crazy, I'm just, though. <laughs> that is one game that I have it set me. out to go back into in 100%, and I haven't done that in a while. Okay, wow. okay, so tell us what, what draw, draw. This is the newest game on probably any of our lists, I would think. Uh, mm hmm. So yeah. tell us what pulled you in so hard that this relevant, this recent of a game made it to your top five of all time. The story is beautiful. Uh, it follows like good lore, like it, it quills a smart ass. It's just how it is. And I want to get the skins. Like I want to get the costumes. I want to a hundred percent, like all of the uh, achievements. I want to do all that with it. It was good enough to do it again. That's a, that's like most games. I'd be like, oh yeah, I beat it. It's it's time to let, let go. That's you know, I like yep. I like that you got something that's so new that later on down the line you kind of get to check in on what like your top five is, and it'd be interesting to know if that hangs in there, right? You know, and stays in the mix. You know, oh, yeah. so that's 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 awesome to see that you know mm -hmm. well it's, it's number three like I, i'm going through and like knocking them off my list it's it's good enough to be number three right now so two yeah. other games wow. have to impress me wow. it's a very positive game too it's a very it's a very happy type of game very funny mm -hmm. very comic relief you know uh, so i think that a lot of games tend to be very serious in terms of like the kind of open worlds or large take games that we serious. play. They do. A exactly. Games, a exactly. Lot of games take themselves way too serious nowadays. They don't have fun with what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you can tell as a player. That's mm -hmm. the difference between guardians and then the Avengers game. Yep. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, that's so cool. Like, actually like really cool that it's such a recent game is on your list i wish i had like, more recent games on mine because my newest game is coming up and it's not new i went into my list when we started talking about it again just to put it on there because when i finished it today i was like that was beautiful that is going to be one to beat for a while uh that makes me want to get back to it even more Mm -hmm. All right, mm -hmm. so my what turn got here. All yeah, right, yep. number three on my list is Bloodborne. Like, saw that. I, I, I could have saw that. Bloodborne. You sunk a lot of hours into that. I haven't beaten it, and I don't care. I love the game. I love the world. I love the aesthetic. I love the lore. I've watched. I've probably watched more lore deep dives of Bloodborne than I've spent playing the game. So. Because I just love, it's so unique. I can't think of another game that feels gothic, Victorian, and then cosmic horror out of left field. Like, mm -hmm. no, we're talking yeah. about eldritch beings and elder gods. And it's just yeah. so, it's a vibe that I've not found anywhere in any other game. That's just, it's dark, it's gory, and it's by far out of all the soul games, the most aggressive. Oh, yeah. Like, Larry, you played but, other Souls games, and you kind of bounced off most of them, right? Exactly, yeah. Have you played or seen much gameplay of Bloodborne? Not a ton, unfortunately, because it was it, it was something that I really thought I would gravitate towards, but I, I didn't have the console, and I enjoyed the fact that it was a smoother Dark Souls. 
something that was a little more action oriented in that sense. Yeah, because it's a little bit, a little bit more forgiving too. It's I wouldn't even say it's forgiving because it's a bit more. Up, it's than uh, two. As I would say, it has by far the most difficult first hour of the game of any Souls game. Like, it is the most punishing intro. Like, if you don't get through that first skill check to see the boss, you are never leveling up. Ever. Oh, yeah. Wow. Because they have a mechanic called insight. And insight is when you see something otherworldly, beyond your grasp of knowledge in character. And you can't level up with the doll until you have one insight. So you have to see something beyond the realm of normal. Huh. To even level up, which is usually a boss. Right. So it doesn't matter if you beat the 30 enemies before the boss. If you don't see that boss, you're not leveling up. And if you killed all 30 of those enemies and you have 5,000 souls and you lose to the boss, well, those souls are gone. You lost all those souls because you're not going to go beat the boss. And now you can level up. So it's super punishing in the beginning. But it had that mechanic to where your health bar would get hit but it would stay a bar would stay above where your health is and if you struck fast enough you would recover health up to that secondary bar so it kind of gave you an extra breath it gave you a reward for saying you hit me screw you i'm hitting back and you recover health but that could just easily land you land you dead because you're being hyper aggressive in a situation where you're getting hit (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, I just, just trading that damage. Yeah, but I just love the world, the lore, the vibe, and there's been nothing that I have found that strikes that same dark, gritty, horror vibes in a Souls-like game. Yeah. So I just absolutely love it. And I, I could go on for hours about how cool this world is, the story is, the characters. Like, mm-hmm. Now, Elden Ring... Elden Ring is a strong contender already for this list. I just wasn't ready to put on it yet. <laughs> Got to give it a little more time to breathe. Yeah, I really do. Yeah, but I I think if I keep talking, I could talk for hours about Bloodborne. So I'm gonna have to pass <laughs> pass the torch and move on. But I just absolutely love the game, and nothing enraptures me more. So my next game might it may or may not be met with some fanfare or just maybe an eye roll or two um but it's going to be a trilogy the mass effect trilogy for me all right all right hell yeah i'm commander shepherd and that's my favorite game on the citadel um (laughs) i had not played a set of games that concurrently brought you know a story as seamlessly to a conclusion until I played that particular title, you know, and mm-hmm. I guess I can say at that point I'd be a sci-fi type of fan, right? All right. Um, but going from something, you know, I had to jump back into Mass Effect One because I missed the boat on it, so it was like something that I played later. Really, I'm I, I gear myself more towards Mass Effect Two, Mass Effect Three. Uh, I love the character building. I, again, I love the, the the stakes with the characters going into like decisions you make you know, affecting their lives towards the end. Ultimately, with Mass Effect 3, we know as, you know, obviously being paying attention to the gaming world, we know Mass Effect 3, the ending itself was controversial in terms oh, yeah. of, like, where it left off. 
so um, bad that they had I, to release D- DLC to correct yeah. it, you know? Yeah. I honestly, I'm probably in the minority in the sense that I don't feel that it was bad. Like, I feel like, to me, if I had to write an ending, I'd want to leave it open-ended for people to be able to interpret exactly. it. Um, and, and I wouldn't be able to make a decision of, like, everybody just lives. Great. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. it's too difficult to do that, you know? And, and I wouldn't also want somebody, like, all my characters to just be dead, and you just did that for no reason. But you kind of have to make that choice, and your story is your story, how you play it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I loved everything about that that series. Regardless, I liked the extra DLC. I loved even playing the multiplayer in 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 Mass Effect Three. Was it? I can't even remember. I think a it was lot Mass of Effect people loved that. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 multiplayer was great. I played with friends, and it was it's one of those games too. Like that going back into the first game, although it was like technically not exactly sound. Um. I can see where that would be groundbreaking for people too when they played that originally, and and going back into it was awesome. All right, oh, yeah. so I, dialogue, the dialogue was beautiful too. Like you could like change the outcome. That was like one of the first games I believe where it was dialogue based to change the outcome of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the game obviously suffered from what people refer to as like the diamond of storytelling when it comes to choose your own path games, mm-hmm. where they all have to kind of meet back at the top, no matter how much you branch out. But yeah. I'm just curious because I'll be honest, I've never touched a Mass Effect game, never once, wow. not even not even touched wow. it, even though they're so far up my alley. As someone who has no nostalgia for it, but has interest in it, would you recommend the Legendary re-release? Absolutely. In this day um, and age. Now, here's what I'll say about that: the unfortunate side effect of the the Mass Effect trilogy is that it forces you to play through one before you can play two or three. Right. You can't just pick playing it. So I'm fine with that. Um. Yeah, I was gonna say like if you had the opportunity to read the cliff notes on the first game and then play two and three through, but if you don't have a problem with playing an older title, although no, it's refreshed no. a little I, bit, I, I can go in with the caveat of I know this game came out a decade ago fine yeah yeah i'd say go for it go for it especially if you find a good enough deal for it do it um all right mass effect mass effect 2 just opens it up so much like there's great pickup from mass effect 1 but mass effect 2 is just yeah that's what i've heard from everyone who's a huge fan of the game is mass effect 2 is the pinnacle of mass effect oh yeah i I might give it a shot you might have convinced me because i've been i've been on the edge for a years obviously and and it's you've been hankering for a story game i mean yeah yeah if you can get if you can get through mass effect one which i I say that like it's a bad thing it's it's an awesome game it's just again it's dated Um, of course getting through getting through that getting to mass effect 2 getting into mass effect 3 which refines it even further oh my god (laughs) all right all right you might have sold me i might have to find it cheap and get it and just yeah, hunker yeah. down, make some time, cut back some sleep, and play more games. Yep. <laughs> Go ahead, Harry. <laughs> Jump into your uh, next one. My next one is uh, another Sega game. It's Sonic 2. Oh, what a classic. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I still have the Chemical that... Zone song stuck in my head. Dude, that literally when I'm working and I have no music, it's... it's... <laughs> <laughs> I have anxiety over those Sonic games. Oh, I played a lot of so- the swimming, the swimming levels, levels, the drowning music. Yeah, dun, 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 uh, dun. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I I, I loved Sonic One. Sonic One was was awesome. That, that no, was Sonic one of my Two was Sonic Two is where it was like tricky. Sonic Two game. has a special place in my heart. I got it with my Sega Genesis as a kid. It was the pack in and, mm. and yep and, yeah ninety ninety two and then uh when you when uh the Sonic and Knuckles thing came out, you can put the cartridge in and replay it as Knuckles. That was one of my favorites. I never got Sonic and Knuckles. I was Same. I was a Sega Saturn or a Sega Genesis kid. That was just how my life was. My neighbor had Sonic and Knuckles, and I borrowed it all the time, but I never owned it. Uh. <laughs> that, that that was just a lot of uh, one where it's not like oh, like it was a deep space in my heart, but it's one that I sink so much time into because I love the game. Totally fair. So good. And I'm excited because now they got a, the Sonic 2 movie coming out. Did you see and the poster for the Sonic 2 I, movie? Is I, it an I, homage I, to the Sonic 2 that, game yeah. cover? I don't know if you've seen it, Larry. I'm going to put so it in good. Uh, the, the, tech, the text chat. Okay. Like, if you do a side-by-side, the game box art versus the cover of the new one, it's like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It's so good. Where did I put it? <laughs> it's just... Yeah. What do, uh, what do you got next there? While Harry pulls that up, up next is the Final Fantasy game for me that's on this list, and it's the only Final Fantasy game to this day that I've beaten to completion. The whole Final Fantasy series. The whole Final Fantasy... No, fuck that. It's uh, Final Fantasy X. Okay. Okay. It's, it was the first JRPG that I actually got into as a kid, because when that game came out, what, 2001, 2002? I was like 10 years old, 11 years old, maybe 12. 12. And it was just the first voice acted game I've ever played that was fully voice acted. And I just loved the character. That game made me cry as a 13 year old when I beat it. Wow. I put 80 hours into it as a kid. That's crazy. I'm just like, no, I'm playing through a story game. I put 80 hours into it. And this is at a time of this is at a time of like memory cards and stuff like that too. Yeah, so, so it like, kept track of it. So every time you did the save file, would update the time played, and just like yeah, when I beat it, it was like yeah. seventy eight hours. It's like uh so good mm-hmm. and so many memories, and I just still love the story. I'll I'll hate on the characters. Like Titus is a whiny punk ass bitch. End of story. <laughs> he is, but I love I love Titus so much. Titus, Titus, however you want to say it. Uh. And I just love that game so much. Like it just makes me smile. And I always go back to it when I just am feeling reminiscent. I'll just like oh, I'll put in the remaster and play it for the first few hours. And I never beat it again. Of course, I never play through it all again. It's and one I, of those things where when you experience it that one time, you don't ever need to go back to it. No, mm-hmm. but it's, it's it's never you never go back to it the same way. But going back to it just to relive those first few hours and just feel warm and fuzzy and be like, ah, oh, this is great. I'm not gonna like play the, this again. But it's like the Digimon yeah. games, dude. I, yeah. I just got retro artwork on my PC. I'm replaying the Digimon games because screw it, run it at ten times speed and just blast through it and have fun. Why not? Right? Why not? So uh, next one on my list here, and these have been in no particular order. I don't have like, it's not like I'm saving the best for last or anything like that. Um, we talked about it a, a little bit earlier here. The Witcher 3. <sighs> Classic. Uh, it was, it was like game changing for me, you know, in terms of I've never played a Witcher title before this. So folks that have played, you know, Witcher 1, Witcher 2, 
you know, I don't have that previous experience. So Witcher 3 was my entry into the series. And I will just say that, like, a definitive moment for me was a side quest where I helped a man who abandoned his deceased baby, you know, buried it without a name, was then being haunted by the spirit of that baby. And it unfurls this in this insane side quest that you could literally ditch. You could literally ditch it, leave it, leave it to the side for the rest of the game, never go back to it. Or you can see it through and play it through one of three ways. And, and it changes depending on how you like to handle it. Mm-hmm. And that's a great I, quest line. I know that quest line. It, yeah. So good. It, it, it is just so, good. so awesome. And there, there's, there's more that hit for me too, but that is the one that's one that became like really memorable for me. Uh, not to mention, it's just a sprawling world you could just wander around in. Uh, and I'd go back to that anytime, just to, just like you said, have that little bit of a, a fuzzy feeling of like, yes, I remember what feeling this game gave me. Uh, it's, I need to get to that game. I need to actually play through that game. So I'll probably have to do another playthrough. Do it. Do the side stuff. Don't mainline it. Don't mainline it. You're making a mistake if you do. Well, no, mm-hmm. I, it's it's after Elden Ring now, so well, I can appease I can appease the council. Yeah, just drop your Venmo in the Discord. Join uh, us as a fellow tarnished <laughs> and play the damn game. Uh, all right. So my number one, and I this is this is my number one, and it, this is what the series that got me into survival games. Oh, Fallout. Three, Fallout. New Vegas, and four. Wow. Yeah. I've That's never good. played a Fallout game. I could not pick wow. one. I could not pick one. So I have, I went with all three of those. Understandable. Understandable. Well, four, four, not so much, but three and fa- New Vegas. See, I've always New heard Ma- New Vegas. If you need to, if you want to try to get a Fallout, New Vegas is where to start. Oh, because yeah. It's just, it's. But, but three is just a beautiful series. Like. Three and four and New Vegas and four, they're they're good at telling stories. Yes, I um I have to say with Fallout Three and Fallout New Vegas, I look back on those games very fondly. But at the time that they came out, I just had like gaming ADD, so mm-hmm. this is terrible. And I wish I could go back to them, but I I just can't because of like I can't go back to the the age of those games. Mm-hmm. And I even have I even have them on my console, like just to be able to go back to and play. And I started Fallout Three again, and, and I just couldn't stick with it because the the rose colored glasses I've had of the of playing Fallout Three and going through that I just couldn't do because I had Fallout Four in front of me. So yeah. gaming ADD hit me with those titles. I love those games. Fallout Four I played the hell out of, and that holds a special place in my heart but it's just not enough to make it to it's, my my top. It's something about I would I agree with you there because it's something about Bethesda's engine is that it ages like milk. Like the mm-hmm. games age poorly unless you have strong nostalgia for them. It's mm-hmm. really hard to say like, "Oh, I love Skyrim. I'm going to go back and play Oblivion." I don't think it's so much their uh, engine. I think luck. it's the way they I think it's the way they present their polygonal structures. I think that's how it is. Yeah, it's just it's hard. Like I love Skyrim. I've spent so many hours in Skyrim. But asking me, like, well, go check out Morrowind. Then it's mm-hmm. like, well, 
That yeah, is right. quite a pill to swallow going back to Morrowind. Hey, want some skooma? <laughs> <laughs> so I totally understand that. Like, it's hard to go back to some games. Like, honestly, mm-hmm. like after Elden Ring, I don't know if Bloodborne's going to feel the same. <laughs> because another right, game right. in this series has done everything you loved about that series so much better. It's like came in, flipped over the couch, and now you don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. But all right. What you got for us, Aaron? Oh, is it back to me already? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's our last ones. All right. My last one. My number one. Diablo 2. The original release of Diablo 2. Wow. Uh, yeah, I can see that. Because see that. that game came out at a perfect time when I had friends who had like older siblings and stuff. So I'd go over to their house and they would have three computers in their house, one for each sibling. And we just put Diablo 2 on all three of them. And all of us played Diablo 2 together on local That's network awesome. play for hundreds of hours. Literally hundreds of hours. Because back in the day, you know, we had this thing called TCP IP games where you just like, hey, what's your IP address? I'll log into your game and you play together that way. This is all while you're eating Cheetos and listening to Alkaline Trio. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> have some Lincoln Park hybrid theory going. I have my freaking Snapple Elements energy drink and just chilling. No. Orbs. No. The, the orbs drink. Orbs. I still, to this day, miss Snapple Elements. The ones like Fire, Sub-Zero, Meteor. They were so good. The the Sobe drinks. Sobe, dude. Sobe, strawberry banana. Uh, I found one thing close to it, and it was the uh, V8 Fusion smoothie. Yeah. Strawberry banana tasted exactly like it, but now can't find it anywhere, and it pisses me off. It probably had, like, formaldehyde in it or something. Probably. But, yeah, so this is a nostalgia ploy. This game, I still play the original sometimes, even though they just remastered it. And it is it's a it is just a coating over that old game. So the remaster mm-hmm. was so cool to go back to. Mm-hmm. But, of course, the remaster doesn't hit the same. Like, for the remaster, that's when I started streaming. When that game came out, that's when I started streaming. I streamed that. I beat Bale. I didn't have Act 5. I'm not doing Nightmare. I'm not doing the next difficulty level i'm just i'm done wait a second mm-hmm. wait, wait wait you started you started streaming when that remaster came out yeah yeah wait oh wait, that's right we kind of started at the same time yeah because i remember that was like that was probably my my third stream or something like that yeah and you I just, found like, me on twitter and reached out and bada bang bada boom yeah. here we are yeah yeah that's crazy mm-hmm. yeah wow that's wild but, i didn't like put two and two together there in that sense of like the timeline yeah so that's what pushed yeah. me to start streaming is man this is one of my favorite games of all time this is my most nostalgic game it's one of the games that i'm super knowledgeable about you want to know where stuff are where drops are what runs to do for certain drops i can tell you but yeah. so i just spent thousands of hours in that game probably literally like world of yeah. warcraft mm-hmm. Not on my list, but it's probably the only game that rivals my time spent. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what, about, my... what about you, Larry? What is your next yeah. and final? My, my last title here, I, honestly, if I had these placed in order, this would probably be lower on my on my list than the others. Um, but Dragon Age Origins. All right. And, All right. Yeah. 
And again, nostalgia factor here. It, it, the game that didn't age well, but by comparison to the other Dragon Age uh, titles in the series, I love the like point and click style of like you know almost like a almost like a Diablo style where you weren't directly in control. You would tell your character to attack an enemy, and, and they'd be fighting the entire time unless you told them to stop. Um, I loved the the characters, the story. I loved. You know, you can kind of see a, a trend aside from Super Mario World. You can see a trend where I enjoy control of a story. I love seeing outcomes. I, I you know, I, I like to, I like the like the fantasy worlds and stuff like that. That's always like been fun for me. And and this was like one of the earlier RPGs that I jumped into that I actually stuck with and really enjoyed. And it didn't get impacted by that that whole gaming ADD of picking it up and putting it down and never going back to it. Right. Crush, crushed the hell out of that game. If it were ever redone, I would highly jump back into it and enjoy it because it was, mm-hmm. a, it was definitely a world that, while I think later on became a little more shallow, unfortunately, even leading into Dragon Age Inquisition, um, despite having a big open world for Inquisition, it didn't have that same hit that the original storyline did, if you ask me. It just, I don't know, it was definitive for me in terms of RPG. Yeah, of course. That's awesome. I've never played a Dragon Age game. Are you excited for the prospects of a new one, or are you very weary? How are, it's how, What were your thoughts on Inquisition? Inquisition, it I was very hyped for that game because Dragon Age 2 let me down a little bit. I loved the action-oriented or, refinement of Dragon mm-hmm. Age 2, um, but the story itself let me down. The exploration yeah. aspects let me down because I felt as if there were actually things to find in Dragon Age Origins, even if there really weren't. The, the, and the level design was great. but Inquisition was very linear. It, yeah yeah um inquisition, more on story yeah i i can literally go back in my mind and say like nothing's gonna pull me away from inquisition that's exactly how i felt and then mm-hmm. at the end of the day it didn't grab me unfortunately so i was i was let down by it uh-huh. yeah but that won't take away from my initial experience with what i believe was the you know I think the overarching like what they wanted the Dragon Age series to be versus what they were kind of forced into creating. Mm-hmm. If you ask me. Yeah. I think their their whole entire thing was having this type of type of series that kind of like played like um Pillars of Eternity, but you know, like like I guess a, like a closer type of game, like not like original um Fallout or you know what I mean, like where it was over the top like your characters are this tiny like character running around like Diablo two, for instance, mm-hmm. I think what dragon age origins was and what it should have evolved into was those types of games, but in a more intimate setting, you know, yeah. And it, it got turned into something else, unfortunately. Right. Yeah, I got but I'll, I'll always look on that fondly. Are you hopeful I, for the new one then? Or are you I checked don't, out? I don't have any expectations for it. And I won't even think about it until it's in front of my face, to be honest with you. Totally so, fair. I, yeah, I won't be I won't be going nuts about it because um I've been hurt before. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fellas. I think that's a good point to call this one for today. 
Uh, I think we're all getting a little bit tired. <laughs> we want to spend some time <laughs> with our significant others. Uh, so where can we find you guys at uh, as far as Larry, where, where we find you? All right. Well, um, on all social medias, I am Larry Underpants. Uh, feel free to drop me a line, you know, uh, tease me about my top five. Um, <laughs> share that top five with me. Uh, you can find me uh, streaming on on Twitch as well, Larry Underpants. Uh, and that's a great spot to actually like catch up with me uh, and chat with me live as well. What, and Aaron, what about what about you, bud? All right, I'm. You can find me on Twitch and on Twitter at Pyro909. My icon's a little blue ghost. Can't mistake that. Uh, you can find me on uh, Twitch, Twitter, and Facebook if you are wanting to go to a dead page. All hairy three eyes. Uh, yeah, pretty much. I I started streaming again, but then uh, work wanted me to work some overtime, and I was like, yeah. I got overtime next week, so I feel that vibe. So, uh, yeah. um, That's that's our time, guys. All right. Uh, We We appreciate appreciate you guys. Yep. Uh, Thanks for coming out. and um, See you in two weeks, right? (laughs) If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to rate us on your uh, streaming app of choice. Maybe share us with a couple of friends. And hit that bell so you can be notified when our next episode drops. Uh, if you'd like to join the community, you can follow us on our new Twitter. We got a Twitter actually. It's uh, yeah. you can look us up at Game or Sleep Podcast or at Game or Sleep Pod One. Uh, there you can find our link to our Discord and really get in and ask us questions. That's where all of us are uh, congregate with our friends and uh, fellow streamers. Uh, and you can also in our link find all the apps that we are currently streaming on. Uh, yeah. Uh, I hope you guys have a good night and we'll see you guys soon. Much love guys. Bye.